Welcome to Backseat Drivers Podcast, where we cover everything from business strategies, office shenanigans, and any hot topic that gets us fired up. We will give you all the stories, tips, and advice that you never asked for or wanted, because we are the Backseat Drivers. Welcome to Backseat Drivers Podcast. Episode 14. It One is four, yeah. 14. And what tomorrow is? Tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo. It is. It's Which Taco means day. that today is May 4th, which is Star Don't. Wars Day. Yeah. Bella May had the 4th be with you. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I have physics and her physics teacher is a big Star Wars. And she's like, I'm going to hear it the whole class. Yeah. May the 4th be with you. She's already annoyed. It's really upsetting that they didn't have the new Obi-Wan Kenobi come out today it's like may 27th that it's coming out on uh disney it's weird yeah it would have been cool for them to do it i think they would have had a lot more i mean i'm sure they'll be fine my brother-in-law has a dog and his name is kenobi he's going to watch obi-wan kenobi with Hmm. kenobi dressed in his obi-wan kenobi robe that's hardcore he's a big star wars fan i'm not a star i I could take it or leave it i mean it's cool i like watching it but i'm not like geeking out over it yeah i'm not either why don't you well first of all we are recording from the conference room in odek and on video hello why don't you introduce our guest so this is jordan hill hello jordan hello this is actually jordan's second time on we had her on briefly when we were recording out at ratchet the brewery but that's only for the paid subscription. So if you didn't pay, you didn't get to hear. So this one, everyone gets to hear. Jordan is the CFO, no, CEO. Yep. You just changed that. CEO of Hilltop Property Group. She does real estate, and I work with her on a daily basis for real estate. So, Who is the CFO now, then? Mike, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yep. Mike Hill, her husband. Okay. And I, so, I'm the COO. Okay, that was a good choice on all your end for that yeah Yeah. it started out differently and then we're like we're all just gonna like play musical chairs essentially and we did and it's working out great though yeah i stayed yeah as long as you didn't make him the cfo right (laughs) that's a good move nobody wants that (laughs) just kidding you would be a great thanks buddy cfo (laughs) so jordan why don't you go ahead and tell us just a little bit about you all right well, I have been in the real estate space for two and a half years, and I'm pretty all or nothing here. I am a team leader, co-team leader with Mike, my husband, and it's been it's been a crazy ride. We met you last August, and then boom, now we have a team of six, soon to be like nine yeah. here in a few weeks. <laughs> wow, growing. It it's was just us for a long time, and then all of a sudden, like the last three months, it's just boom, exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I can't remember. There was a difference between EXP and other real estate like agencies, companies. And what's the difference with that? EXP is cloud-based. They're, it's essentially a brokerage without borders. So we're not a brick-and-mortar building that has a franchise or just like contained in a building. We are literally global. And there's no stopping where you want to expand. So Hmm. I am actually about to sign um, up a business partner, an agent with me in California. Hmm. He will not be on Hilltop Property Group, but we will be able to give him quite a lot of value. So we can actually do that on a global level. Okay, cool. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Then Hilltop is like a branch under EXP, a team that was created. How did you guys come up with the name Hilltop? Well, our last name is Hill. Yep. That was a key <laughs> factor. Right. And it sounded um, inviting. Like you think of a house on a hill with the lights on. I do anyways. Mm-hmm. I just assume everyone can also. And it's also... Huh kind of head and shoulders above the rest. Our um, mission statement is Hilltop Property Group is um, committed to help our clients reach their goals by setting the standard in real estate. So we don't want to be just in the middle. Mm -hmm. Like we do want to really set a high standard for ourselves. So with Hilltop, then what does set you aside from everyone else? We do things kind of different than many others. So of course, what works, works. And then we also try to think outside the box for everything else. We actually, when we go in to meet with a homeowner to potentially list their house, we've never walked away without that listing. And the reason is, is because we never um, try to force anything. We always listen, get to know, we really care about those people. We don't care, we don't focus on the money or the commission, right? We just focus on them and what they need. And then we actually pay out of pocket up front quite a few expenses that can ease their stress and anxiety during the transition. So an example will be they can select from a menu of items such as a house cleaner, organizer, landscape touch-up, that sort of thing that we don't have to do, but it, it helps our clients in that in that stressful time. Also, it makes their house look better in the photos and they get more and better offers. So it's yeah. a win across the board, which For I'm sure. all about. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. What do you think... What do you think the market is right now? Is is it a buyer's market? Is it a seller's market? Definitely still a seller's market. Has been for a while. And that's nationwide. There was, the last number I heard was nationwide, a shortage of about 10 million homes. Wow. There are so many more people that would like to purchase a home than there are homes that exist for sale. So so it definitely is. So it, it's tricky to navigate. And it definitely takes a lot of consistent educating ourselves as um, always needing to be up to date on laws and strategies and extra care for our buyers. It's definitely doable and i will say there's been a little bit of relief in the last four to six months yeah with the treasury department bonds aren't looking so good stocks are kind of leveling out not doing real great as and interest rates have gone up quite a bit so there's buyers that are getting put out of the market right what do you think how long do you think that's going to last like do you think there's going to be that slowdown that's coming because people are out of the market now because of the interest rates or Um, from what we've heard from our lenders that we've asked for kind of a projection on they think that it will not it might slow down a little bit but the rates will keep climbing for a little while but it is also important to remember not to be like scared off from that because for instance, at the time that we were, we're all probably about the same age, like around the time we were born, interest rates were like 18%. Mm-hmm. So now as they're going into six, it's just not something to really be deterred by if you want, or if you're ready to invest in a home. Mm-hmm. Interest rates were at 18%. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were well, crazy. Huh? I mean, I knew they were high. I just didn't know that when we were born, they were that high. Well, you were, you're a lot older, Will, so you're like, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they were high back in the day. Yeah, back loud. in the forties. <laughs> what were they when you were in the forties? In the forties, <laughs> right? He's just a really the good age. Yeah, I've aged well. Yeah, with those interest rates going up, though, it it does decrease the amount of house you can buy mm-hmm. for some people. And I feel like those lower priced homes that first time home buyers want to get into now, it's like, well, 
with those interest rates going up, it's harder for them to get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, we just uh, had an offer. We put an offer on a house that was 220000 over asking, and we barely got it. There were 10 other offers, and they were all very similar. So it's hard to compete. So you have to do things to, you know, set yourself apart to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but see that I know the transaction you're talking mm-hmm. about. I mean, when people have money, mm-hmm. cash money to be able to do that, yeah. it's a different story, oh, yeah. too. Right. But yep. when you're a first time home buyer, you have ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars and your interest rates are skyrocketing now. It's hard for people. It it is important to have just an excellent lender that like we do on the realtor side of things, a a lender that can really dig into like all of the different programs that are available, all of the different things like that. For instance, suggesting, oh, like would you, does your 401k allow you to pull out those cash funds? Mm -hmm. Maybe something that wouldn't occur to someone and it might not be for everyone. It might not be a possibility for everyone, but they're going to explore every avenue to see if something kind of outside the box works for mm-hmm. you. So finding, and we have our lenders that we love working with, but there's so many amazing ones out there. So we always make sure our clients have the best fit that they've chosen, kind of look at all those yeah. potential possibilities. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose to start Hilltop instead of just being a team member under EXP? When I was, my first year, I was an individual agent. I was part-time because I was full-time, had a corporate job actually with EXP on their corporate side, but I would clock out and I would go show homes. I would go do the open house. I would go try to meet people, take them to coffee, whatever. All things that all of us do now, right? But I would come home. I I didn't have anyone to to talk about it with. So it all kind of stayed in my head. And because of that, that really limits you. Mm -hmm. Like not having anyone to talk about it with that think can then give you their feedback that is I didn't know it was limiting I just thought that was how it was I'm an individual agent but I can do this I I got this right and then Mike gets licensed then all of a sudden when we do have those moments we're mentioning something and then the other person gives you feedback like wow I never thought of that fresh set of eyes mm-hmm. it created our it, it our business together exploded I was bringing I was supporting him in ways that he never could figure it out for himself and vice versa and that was like very eye-opening and ever since forming our team it's been just exponential like how all of us get when we right. all sit together like it's that but times 10 right like, it's amazing very collaborative yeah so what's been the the hardest part so far of starting up? I mean, it's essentially a company that you're, because mm-hmm. we, you, we have an employee now. So what's been the hardest part of starting up this business? I would say the hardest part would be just figuring out like the profit and loss. Uh, you know, thankful to have you on our team because you are a business owner. This is my first business that I've owned or ran. And so definitely executive team effort. But yeah, just figuring out like the cash flow and basically the PL. Like mm-hmm. that's that's a learning curve. I love it. I love learn, learning new things. Like I'm not afraid of it. But that's the biggest that's something we're not taught in high school. Right. And I will say I've never <laughs> gone to college. So I'm figuring it out for the first time. But it's been it's been great so far. But I know I still have a long way to go. That's something that should be learned in high school, mm-hmm. like the P&Ls balancing and just the basics for people to 
understand business because I think it would help a lot of people out Mm -hmm. to understand what businesses go through and like, okay, here's the P&Ls, the balance sheets, because I, I think there are classes probably, right? Business classes, but it would be helpful for everyone to know what it is to run a business right well i think you also in addition to knowing how to run a business they first need to know how to manage their own finances and that's something that i know governor desantis in florida just signed in something that is requiring all florida high school students to have some sort of like personal finance learning how to file for taxes and do all that sort of stuff which is not business related but that is the first step in foundation in that because most kids coming out don't even know how to do that well i know that in Mm -hmm. high school is part of economics i know they do that at at sprig they go through and balance Mm -hmm. checkbooks Mm -hmm. or whatever yeah so it is really important but not a lot of people take those classes Mm -hmm. so not a lot of people understand how to and checks nowadays i mean (laughs) who has a checkbook i I do (laughs) i don't well well, speaking of age checkbook but i have checks are you the one in the grocery store line yes yes he is like filing (laughs) I, i use apple pay i'm just saying i have checks to like pay bills not to I don't know the last bill I paid with a check outside of the company. Well, you sit down and actually like write out a bill. I don't. Nicole does. Oh my gosh. I think she mainly just does it for our house payment. Everything else is like electronic. Huh. Yeah. Huh. We do ours online. And by yeah. we, I mean Mike. So right. I'm in so good as you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't touch that. She, she manages our money. Huh. It's been a long time since I wrote a personal check. With that, Kyler's school does a financial peace uh, class mm-hmm. that Dave Ramsey has. They have mm-hmm. like a course about like managing debt and figuring out all that sort of stuff. And then they also have a, a business class. So there are there are opportunities out there, but they're just not like those are more electives. Yeah, that's very important. I was just thinking millennials everyone talks about mm-hmm. that are living with their parents till they're in their 30s maybe they haven't figured out (laughs) maybe they're like well i learned that if i save this money right hopefully they're saving that money but maybe they haven't figured out and they're just stockpiling and i doubt it they're probably spending money on like video games and don't be judgmental i am being very judgmental (laughs) i am not they're either millionaires down there or (laughs) right (laughs) um so I'm actually reading this book right now. I want to. I, w- I actually thought about this last night. Yeah. So it's called "The Coddling of the American Mind," and it is just talking about how we've created all of these safe spaces for people in the recent past, and how, while it may seem like a good thing, that it's actually becoming very detrimental uh, to society as a whole. One of the, I guess, not. Well, the stories that they gave is uh, peanut allergies. So back in the early 90s, peanut allergies like were becoming a thing like, oh, you can't have peanuts in the class and this and that. And mm-hmm. uh, like 10 years later, they noticed that peanut allergies in, in kids had skyrocketed. And so they did a test and they took 600 kids who were predisposed to having a peanut allergy. Um, and they gave they half of them, they said, OK, you can't have anything to do with peanuts or anything like that. And then the other half, they gave like a peanut supplement type thing too. And at the end of this study, 
the kids who had the who were not exposed to it had a much higher rate of allergy than the ones who were actually given it to them. And so the point is, is that if we try and insulate our kids from everything, from any sort of pain, from any sort of hurt, then we are truly doing a disservice to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree 100% with that. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's studies out there that show animals having cats and dogs in the home with your baby helps them with allergies as well. Like mm-hmm. not not getting those allergies mm-hmm. and it helps their immune system. Mm-hmm. Yep. Speaking of animals, you have an animal that most people don't have. Oh, yeah. What? I have a bearded dragon. Yeah. Oh. And he is like my baby. I prefer him over. We have two cats and two dogs. I highly prefer him over either <laughs> any of them. Really? By the way, I'm allergic to cats and my allergy has subsided every year that goes by in my life so really i am testament to what you what, yeah what you, you yeah. don't take anything for it really, i do or? take flonase and it's still difficult to be around them for like so like the cats wouldn't sleep in the room with us because i for sure would mm. wake up with like but i used to not be able to be around them for more than just like a few hours really like a decade ago so oh. yeah and so were these Mike's cats? We they? got them together. Like, I feel like it is important for kids to be raised. Yeah. I actually, I'll admit, I brought most of them home and then just like, <laughs> Mike, you take care of them. Okay. Because I like them when they're babies. Yeah. So I have stopped okay. doing that. But the little beardy, I hold him. I About every day, every other day, he snuggles with me on the couch in front of a movie because he likes the lights. <laughs> what or is his he'll name? Sleep. Charmander. Oh. Charmander, okay. Yeah. Like the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I My son named him. Okay. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and does he interact with the other animals or do you just hold him? And I just hold okay. him. The other animals are interested in him, but he's nervous of them. But mm. as he gets bigger, it will be less concerning because right now they could eat him. So, so is that the one that has like the thing that like comes uh-huh. out? Yeah, so if he's right. mad, his little beard will come out and it'll turn black. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That is so, so cool. The, yeah. They're like little velociraptors. They're just so cute. I just, he likes to be petted, specifically like petted on his head. Hmm, hmm. Yeah. And he likes me the most. So when I let my son hold him, he did his little beard thing and then hissed at him until I picked him up and then he immediately calmed down. <laughs> really? I'm like, he just wants his mommy. Oh. Does he bite? <laughs> wow. He's never bitten no? before. Okay. Yeah. What does he eat? A lettuce, mealworms, and crickets. Huh. But the mealworms um, are not as good for him and the crickets are more like lean meat and he doesn't hmm. like those. He'll oh. ignore them unless I don't give him mealworms for a while. He's really picky. Yeah, my dog's yeah. picky and eating. Do you feed them live mealworms yes. and crickets? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's right. pretty gross. <laughs> I love watching it. <laughs> Travis would love that. I was that. just going to say, Travis would be uh, freaking out over this. Right yeah. now. Travis is a big animal guy, so he's got yeah. a bunch of animal facts. I'm sure he has an animal fact about a bearded dragon. Oh, he does. does. Yeah. He definitely does. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Anyways, the book. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm only on chapter two, so I'm, there's a whole bunch more to go. But one of the things was the is the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Well, without being said, what society is teaching people is that what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. And so to avoid all sorts of pain and discomfort and inconveniences, because who wants to go through life in pain or inconvenient or anything like that. And I think the problem is, at least from my perspective, is that if you're never stretched and there is no sort of, then there's no growth. You're just kind of mm-hmm. stagnant if you don't ever encounter any sort of 
trials or tribulations. Yeah, and yeah. those those like safe spaces for kids. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not letting the kid fall down. Like right. play sports or whatever, fall down. Let them get hurt once in a while. Let them know that they're gonna be okay. They can mm-hmm. scrape their knee. It's gonna be okay. Yep. I mean, it's it doesn't really it happens, but not. It seems like not a lot anymore. So mm-hmm. kids just need to be able to be kids, get hurt, figure it out, and yep. know that safe places are all around them all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. My parenting style is I'm watching my kids play. Not I work really hard not be a helicopter parent. If they could break their neck or die, mm-hmm. I usually will step back from that edge. The little thing. That's good right. parenting. But within yeah. Yeah. that, they're going to get hurt. I have to let it happen because that's how they learn their boundaries, what they can and can't do, how to fall down and get up, basic right. skills. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I look back and I feel like my parents weren't really watching a whole lot of what we were doing mm-hmm. like riding out in the field and doing jumps i've got hurt so many times mostly from the neighborhood kids but <laughs> there's countless times i'm like wow how did we not go to the hospital i mean we never wore helmets right right rode in yeah. backseat of pickups mm-hmm. like no seat belts didn't matter i don't know Man. But I think there's there's a difference, too, of like certain level of risk that still needs to be mitigated. There is a certain amount of stuff that like riding with a bicycle with a helmet like that seems like a good right. idea or but, right, not riding the back of a pickup. Now, with that said, I love riding the back of pickups like uh, fun little fact. It is legal to ride in the back of a pickup. If everyone in the cab, all is, the seat belts, all are the full. seat belts are being used, and yeah. if there's a choice between a minor and an adult, it's the adult in right. the back. But if it's all minors, except for the driver, then there can be a minor in the back. Right, but that's not how it worked back in the day. Well, <laughs> I think that was still how. That's right. It was kids in getting the, the back, right? And, right, and yeah, wearing a helmet, we just didn't. Parents didn't know. They, it just wasn't a thing. So does it make sense? Yeah, 100%. It makes sense. Wear a helmet. Right. But back then, we all survived. I yeah. Mean, Survival yeah. of the fittest, right? Yeah. yeah. There are a lot that we can take from our childhood generation and keep it going because mm-hmm. I have employed, not at Hilltop, but my previous manager job, I would employ 18, 19, 20-year-olds and the amount of entitlement was very different than when I started my jobs at 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge generational difference that I could see. You both have employees now and maybe have noticed and picked up on things like that. So I definitely want to raise my children to with many of, not everything that I brought with from my childhood, but many of the things. Well, one thing I'm trying to teach my kids is when they to have them order at the restaurant like instead of me ordering for them to make them order and make eye contact why are you looking at me right now that's great how how long have you been ordering for kyler like he should have been no well yeah 10 years ago yeah been doing it no well that's the point like liam i mean he's how long have you been ordering for kyler i haven't when did this stop i when he was like eight andrew i'm serious (laughs) okay I'm just saying, like, how long did Nicole keep ordering for him? No, I no, she didn't. It was 
<laughs> you can look at me all you want. <laughs> okay. I believe you. <laughs> you have to interrogate you first though, real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> to make goodness. sure. Yeah. In the hot seat over here. They need to be independent. Right. They need mm-hmm. to do those things. Mm-hmm. Teaching them. I think the other thing, too, is preparing uh, your kids for the road, not the road for your kids. So mm-hmm. giving them a framework to make decisions. So rather than just making all the decisions for them, giving them choices and a framework to make those choices. Yeah. A tough one, I would like to see what your guys' input is I, I, that I've dealt with. I feel like I dealt with it in the right way, but when your kids are being bullied at school or there's someone making fun of them, like, have you gone through that and or do you have input yeah. on that? Because that's also an important, it's a kind of a gray area and it's kind of a struggle to know the right thing to do as a parent while keeping in mind not to coddle their minds. Right. I've brought Bella up to, she's never really been picked on so much, but to stand up for other kids who are. Mm-hmm. And just this last week, she told me about something she did. And um, I'm not going to mention it because there are some friends at school that listen, but she did. She stuck up for someone, and I, I feel like she always does. She thinks about other people's feelings a lot, and it makes her a little emotional sometimes because she can get her feelings hurt when it's not reciprocated. Mm-hmm. But I have, I make sure she stands up for people that are being bullied and because it's not okay. And so I'm like, you remember how you felt that last time when you were in a situation and you felt horrible? Mm-hmm. Think about that person. They're feeling that way when that's happening to them. So you need to say something. And she does. So, but I think the question was more: you as a parent, how do you handle if she was being bullied? Not, I but I did appreciate that. And That's amazing. I, but I don't have anything to go off of off of that because she hasn't really right. been bullied. So yeah. there was one time where there's like with Kyler, somebody said something. Kyler wasn't too offended by it, but Nicole was definitely more upset than even Kyler was, and the whole mama bear came out and. She wanted to do a lot more, but I was like, well, you kind of just got to let it play out a little bit. Like if they're, I don't know, when I grew up, I got made fun of all the time. I'm fine. Like mm-hmm. there's, but there's a certain level of teasing that just goes on naturally, especially between guys, like yeah. guy friends. That's just how they interact. It's how, I mean should see will and i we pick on each other all the time so it i don't know it's, it's a tough one i think yeah. to, to know that balance but you can't i don't think you can be in there to jump in there every time i think maybe just being there to give advice knowing that your kids can come to you and talk to you and that mm-hmm. you know talking about safe spaces that you are the safe space at home your parents you can talk to them about anything and they can give you advice and yeah yeah absolutely what do you think well something that just never quite sat quite right with me kind of in line with that book that you're talking about is I'll see and they're well intended so I don't mean this negative to their character or or parenting of course but they'll oh this happened something happened to my kid at school I'm gonna go march up to that kid at school or it's in movies Mm -hmm. they'll go like punch the kid in the face or like comedies or (laughs) or they go talk to the teacher if it was something that was could hurt my children mm-hmm. obviously like I'm like physically like I will probably take action that thankfully has never happened 
But right now, I just try to teach them, well, compassion, Mm -hmm. that that kid is probably going through a lot of things, maybe at home or in their life. They're they're taking it on you. They shouldn't, but they're trying to feel better about themselves. So the compassion side of it, forgiveness, but also just stay away, practical things. Just stay away from that kid. You can tell a teacher if you want, like have your friends with you. I also say stand up if you see that happening to someone else. And then they're also all in martial arts. So <laughs> if someone hurts them or someone else, they, they can take care of themselves. So that's thankfully never happened either. But so I just try to equip them and also just teach them grace and forgiveness for mm-hmm. hurting people because that's who hurts people. Yeah. Yep. I think what we're all saying to sum it up is that in empowering our kids to make those choices, to go and talk to the kid or mm-hmm. to forgive them in sports, too many parents are talking to the coaches about playing time and everything instead of the kids coming and being an advocate for themselves. Like as a coach, I want a player, if they're frustrated with something, I want them to come to me, talk with me. And if for some reason that's not working, then the parents can get involved. The player, the kid should always be the one to make an effort. When I was a kid, I had this kid that was picking on me in, I think it was like sixth grade. I told my dad about it. He's like, I had a kid was picking on me when I was in sixth grade, and I, I bought him a candy bar and gave it to him, and we became best friends. <laughs> I was like, wow, wow. okay. So um, he's like, just find some common interest with this kid, and so I did, and, and we became best friends. It was oh it was gosh, crazy how yeah. that uh, worked out. So I love that. Was it over a sandwich? No, <laughs> it was uh, it was a hat. It was a promise keeper's hat. He was wearing a promise keeper's hat. Oh my god, yeah. those. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the whole work thing kids Mm -hmm. and do you think so i don't know if we've talked about this before but um that generation i i think we may have talked about it like between you have the gen x Mm -hmm. okay and then you have the baby boomers who Mm -hmm. had the gen x but so the gen x not necessarily the gen x but there's like an in-between Mm-hmm. From the baby boomers, didn't we talk yeah, about yeah, this? Uh, Zennials. Yeah, yep. they're the ones that like may have raised some kids that are entitled, and maybe the kids that want to stay at home till they're in their thirties. And then there's the Gen X kids who are having children mm-hmm. that are being raised how the baby boomers have raised, like the Gen Xers, mm-hmm. us, like made us who we are, hard workers and whatnot. So. Do you think that generation, the Zennials, is mm-hmm. that what you... You're talking about the generation between Gen X and the Millennials, right? No, Baby Boomers. Oh, I don't know what that There's was. There's like a little gap in there where they're older. Mm-hmm. They're in their 50s right okay. now. They were part of giving their kids everything mm-hmm. that they didn't have. they doing that for them. And then there's the true Gen Xers mm-hmm. that were raised by the like Baby Boomers. Mm-hmm. And their kids, the Gen Xer kids. So Bella's a what? She's a Gen Z. Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a different work ethic, and it's like a it's like a five to ten year gap where you have that group, but now you have the Gen Zs that are actually looking more like the Gen X. X. Yeah. I think you can see it. I I feel like I can see it just by work ethic and how how they operate and how they're thinking. So I feel like maybe we're in this area where these Gen Z's are going to be the ones who are actually coming in and 
being the bosses and the people that are running things and this group in the middle mm-hmm. is going to be stuck and always complaining, always feeling entitled. And these Gen Z's are going to be like, no, you have to work for this. You have to like, they're understanding that mm-hmm. maybe. And maybe it's everything we've gone through. I mean, they've, they've seen a lot. They're tech savvy. Mm-hmm. They've gone through this pandemic. They've had to adjust. And I think they're hard workers and they get that from the Gen Xers. Well, I'm wondering if it's more of a, the more the millennials were like, okay, I don't want to work. I don't want to, I want to be lazy type thing. But then the Gen Z that's coming up is, is that same, I don't want to work, but it's more, I don't want to work for the man. I want to be the man or woman and be the one in charge, making things happen. I don't want to have to be told what to do. They want that level of independence, not being maybe, but I think they're going to be hard workers. Yeah. I think they're going to be the ones that are coming up Mm -hmm. because I see that like Bella, her friends, those kids, Mm -hmm. they're actually working, whether it's babysitting or actually having jobs, they're doing it and they're understanding the value of money and hard work. I really think that that generation is going to come up and be the ones that are running things. How old is Bella? She's 15. She's going to be 16. Awesome. So I think that that little millennial middle group, they're going to be the ones that are always squeaky wheel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. yeah i can definitely see that i every wednesday i'm with i work with a high school girls and if their parents don't want them working yet they're working their butts off for their grades mm-hmm. and that's hard work i mm-hmm. i did not work that hard no. in high school so, yeah for and sure some of them bella's age two are like one of them is 15 and she works at mcdonald's i didn't even know that was legal but she's yeah. doing it and she's working very hard and i'm like with high school and everything, I'm just yeah. like, I am so impressed. Like, I did I did more, like, babysitting and stuff like that at that age. I, but, man, like, they are. Half of them have jobs, and they're not even, they're still in the middle of high school. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. And they're working hard on their grades, too. And yep. they're hard workers. I really think they are. Yep. I think maybe as, as a whole, there are definitely still those that are not. They're teenagers, too. Right. Yeah. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that generation. Well, I think they also put a lot of work into the things that they're passionate about. That's mm-hmm. the other thing is that if there is a passion there, there's a lot of, of hard work and dedication that is being put into whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, whether it's sports or schools or jobs or they're, they're putting in the effort. Yeah, that's the other thing, sports too. And we all did it, sports and stuff. Maybe school's easier these days. I don't think so, but... I do know a couple high schoolers have graduated high school with their associate's degree. Yeah. That yeah. blows my mind. That was yeah. not... Maybe it was just where I went to high school, but I don't know if that was an option when we were in high school. I don't know I don't if think it, it was. was. I don't know even where it is, but some free community college... Like, I'm not saying I'm always, everyone should go to college at all. I think if they have Mm -hmm. a trade or a passion or a talent, like, they should do what they want to do with it. But that's an amazing resource right Mm -hmm. there. Like, I love that, at least where we are. If you're an Oregon resident, you get free community college, Mm -hmm. which makes all the sense in the world to go to a community college for free and then go another two years at some sort of university. So you already have your associates. You didn't have to pay any money for it. And now you're only paying for two years of college rather than that's what's insane about these kids coming out of high school with an associates. They have two years. I love that for them. Like I'm so excited that that is a thing for for our children. Two years of university and 
man, that bill's yep. cut in half. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's really cool that that can happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it, but. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> cool. Can't say free, I would have done you it. Know, how they do free school? No, like. I said, that's taxes. How they, how they do that. I don't know how they do it through high school by getting that associates. I know it's like AP classes right. and things yeah. like that, but. Yeah. Uh, so, like, different schools have different colleges that they partner with so like west side partners with george fox a lot of their credits get transferred over to george fox and then if they don't want to end up going to george fox they can still take those credits to somewhere else yeah so i know sprigs like western osu Mm. things like Mm. that so jordan you you also have a podcast i do what's the name of your podcast it's called the golden ticket to real estate And the way that it was set up was myself and one of my very best friends who lives in Florida. We both were, at the time, unlicensed EXP corporate. We really wanted to highlight our journey getting our real estate licenses, brand new agents, also while working corporate staff. So we highlighted a lot of tools that EXP has. We worked in the virtual world every day together on the virtual beach and all of the fun things. We really highlighted that. Right now, she's focusing on actually passing her test and everything she does a lot of traveling so she, it just took her a little bit longer i'm excited to see when we can kind of revamp it nice but yeah cool uh-huh and where can we find that if we want to listen uh, my instagram has the has a link to it so at jordy rachel that's my instagram page okay. so it'll and we'll post that on our it. our uh, social media as well awesome all right are you ready for the rapid fire question round Oh, yeah. I I thought that already happened. No. Oh, man. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Do you want to start, Will, or do you want me to start? Um, I can start. Are they business questions? No. No. Some of them are, but. And we just want you to. (laughs) You just. Just. Okay. (laughs) Go through it. Okay. Favorite season? Oh, summer. Why? Because it's hot, and I love to, like, wear shorts, tank top, and be really, really warm and kind of sweaty. Okay. Yeah. Kind of sweaty. <laughs> okay. Like in a nice way. What's the worst job you've ever had? Oh, Jack in the Box. Oh. Uh, overnight shift. Ooh, overnight yeah. shift? That does sound mm-hmm. strange. I yeah. bet you have some good stories from that. Well, yes. I don't know if I want to say them on here. <laughs> Fair enough. Biggest pet peeve. When people are saying something that is not necessarily correct or the right thing and they say it as if it's fact and then follow it with right question mark to get you subconsciously psychologically thinking that it's right before they continue on into something crazy right <laughs> wow you know, right? yeah right? that's my pet uh, yeah <laughs> or when somebody says something just as fact and it's not fact <laughs> at all like it like not even a right just like no this is it and you're like is that is that's that less of, of like... a pet peeve because i'm like they probably believe it Whereas the other people, I'm like, they're trying to trick me. Oh, yeah. okay. I think, I, yeah. I feel like that's kind of like uh, New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly where I was going. Or with it, the yeah. guy was telling us yeah. everything was fact and yeah. nothing was. Yeah. He, didn't, he At least he didn't, yeah, you're right. Follow up with it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Give, come on. Um, <laughs> what are you afraid of? Oh, I'm, I'm afraid of driving up steep hills. Really? I have nightmares weekly from that. Yeah. Don't, don't go to West I will get out and Happy walk Valley. and ask Mike. Wow. So okay. Like how steep it's are like we a talking? Phobia. I don't know. Maybe like. <laughs> Good thing we so, have videos so that. everyone can see. For, for the those angle. of you that are not uh, watching on video, she she's giving an angle with her arm. Uh, Will's afraid of bridges. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Like that they'll crumble? No. So I'm afraid that when I'm driving someone else... So bridges that don't have any, like, steel or anything protecting it from falling over. If you got rammed by a semi. Exactly. And that's what I'm worried about is some person <laughs> coming over just being erratic and yeah. boom hitting you you hit the thing you fall yeah, yeah. so do you the, purposely avoid the edges i, I, I do, do. Too. yeah, yeah. I, I, really I purposely go on the edges when i'm driving with him on the bridges just to <laughs> my hands get all clammy and but what's <laughs> crazy is that his fear is starting to transfer over to me i, <laughs> I was driving in portland the other day and i was like I'm going to be in the middle lane because what if somebody sideswipes me and I go on the I'm like, wait a minute. Will has like ingrained this into me that this is now a fear. Like but, when you're getting over to take exit 300, like you can't get all, all the way to the right. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. And it's very, yeah, man. I just, I don't understand why there's nothing there yes. because you just go right over yes. into the water. Yes. I mean, I know it doesn't happen. Often. I mean, it happens, yeah. but it like maybe does. we don't know about it. That's like, true. You know? That cars, well, they're gone. You can't see them. They find cars in the river like all the time. They do. Why from the bridges? I don't think so. <laughs> you don't know. I feel like I people would be reported missing, and yeah, like or if they survive somehow that because we've talked about how to survive it falling into yeah, that's the easy. water. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> but it's one of those things. Next question: One random fact about yourself. Okay. Well, a ran- oh, a random fact is I have almost um, next to no taste and smell. Can't taste this. I don't put salt and pepper on my food unless I'm cooking for someone else because I can't taste the difference. Now, is this since COVID or is this just oh, all in- the time? Uh, this is like your life. Yes. Just like you have no sense of taste. Yeah. Or smell. Like I do. It just has to be really bold and strong. Huh. So like Mike just put new Bath and Body Works fresheners in the car and I see them, but I can't smell them. Stuff like that. Like I don't gravitate towards things that smell or like food items a lot unless it's a very like spicy food or a bold food or I'm starving. Hmm. Really? It's a nice thing sometimes, but when the gas in our gas stove sometimes gets bumped on, Mm. I won't smell it. So there's been like not too long ago, Mike all of a sudden like opens up the doors and windows and starts throwing kids and me outside (laughs) like, and the gas stove was on and I had no idea. So that's an olfactory thing. So you've been to the doctor for this? No. (laughs) Another fun fact. I just for the first time scheduled my very first primary care physician appointment in my whole life, literally like a week ago. Cause I don't like, I just assume nothing's wrong with me, but I'm realizing I'm in my mid thirties. I should probably like maybe start doing some preventative maintenance. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I don't yeah. like doctors either. If I, I don't go unless there's something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to not do that. You should, you should call your doctor for an should. annual. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a doctor. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> but I'm not the only one. <laughs> All right. Okay. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, it would be to teleport because I would say fly, but I would definitely mess up like my hair. So I guess teleport, (laughs) even though flying would be fun. Teleportation is the correct answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. The correct answer. We've talked about that so many times. Is that both of your guys' too? It would make life so much easier. That'd be so awesome. Last question. If your life were a movie, what would it be? No, no. What would the title what of would the be, movie? Yeah. Oh, the what would the yeah. title be? Oh gosh, it'd be something like "When Making Sense of a Mess." Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I think I feel like I'm just a hot, disorganized mess that somehow is able to structure it into something because I've worked really hard at that. And who would you have play you in this movie? 
Oh, that's fun. Probably Amanda Bynes, but back before she was an actual mess. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I liked her as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the last question mm-hmm. of that we ask everyone. One piece of advice you would give our audience. All right. So... It's actually something that advice I've given myself this year for 2022, and I'm working really hard on it, and I feel like everybody needs to hear it, is to be bold and to not be work, not do everything um, according to how you think other people perceive you or to make other people like you. Like I said, this is my own personal challenge for a reason because I'm a people pleaser, and I kind of go my own, I've always focused my own journey based around what other people want, what make other people happy. I'm trying to change that. I think everybody just needs to be, whatever their goal is, there are right and wrong ways to go about it, but just to not be afraid, not be afraid to ask people, ask people that you never thought would return your message or your call, just try. If anyone offers you help and they've been there, done that before, take them up on it, pay it back someday, pay it forward someday. But yeah, just to like not be afraid and leverage those that love and care about you to get to where you want to be. Nice. Okay. Good advice. Well, uh, thank you, Jordan. Yeah, for coming thank on. you. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's fun. Any last, last tidbits you want to give us that we didn't ask you or that you want to share or anything? No. No. I think, yeah. Those okay. are pretty That's good questions. Good. <laughs> All right. All right. Next episode, we're going to be out the golf course oh, at Langdon I, Farms. Is that next episode? That is next. That's on Monday. We're going to be out there. We're we'll until Friday. But we're going to be out at Langdon Farms, and we're going to be uh, it's a celebrity golf tournament. So there will be some different celebrities out there playing that we will be interviewing, and it should be a good time. We're going to be in hole 18. 18th hole. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to interview those guests and see how it goes. So tune yeah. in then. Until then. Join us next you. time on Backseat, Backseat Drivers. Drivers.